Life is hectic, demanding, and doesn't stop. When honest with ourselves, we must confess we often don't know what the hell we're doing. The LARCast is an ongoing conversation about the inclusive and mischievous nature of God's presence. Through the lens of all the things that make up this phenomenon we refer to as life. Astonishing grace and refreshing honesty collide right here for your weekly encouragement. Welcome back to the Larkast. My name's Tony, and with me is Russ. What's up, bro? What's up, my man? How you doing? I'm doing well. I would ask you if you had a good weekend, but I know, like myself, you did not have a good weekend. No. No. Both of it us had a, bad weekends. We did. We did. For you, two reasons, right? Don't, don't, don't. Don't. Okay. We'll just leave it at the one. Just the one. Yep. Yeah, my, my wife. Had, uh, oh, go ahead. Nope. No, please, after you. No, this my my, <laughs> my joke. My joke's gonna make more sense when you say what I think you're about to say. <laughs> All right. This is a little bit em- embarrassing to, you know, admit um to all the, the Lark listeners out there. And whoever is, um, you know, tuning in from other countries, which is pretty crazy. We got into our analytics on the, on the Lark cast and, and there's some downloads from countries that I don't want to, I don't want to name cause I don't want to di- dime anybody out on here, but, um, I wouldn't say we have this like massive global, you know, listenership, but there's definitely, it's definitely not just exclusive, uh, yeah. to the States, but, um, yeah, dude, I was laid up with gout this weekend which just that word gout it's like it's just like dude it sounds like gangrene you know it's just like it sounds so terrible um but but your body produces this thing called uric acid and uh every once in a while when you're just you know pounding ipas and uh and red meat starts to crystallize and settles in your joints and so most people get it in their big toe, which is exactly where I freaking got it. And you can't even walk, dude. Can't even walk. Burning red hot, inflamed, hurts like a MFR, dude. It's so bad. And I know you know that because your dad, your dad gets it too. But here's the difference. How old's your dad? 75. 75. Dude, I'm 43. I was like, dude, what am I doing with my life, bro? I'm trying not to laugh while you're talking (laughs) because the whole time I'm thinking to myself, there are listeners to this podcast who are like, oh, yeah, my grandfather has (laughs) gout. It's so true. Old man Sorcy over here. Oh, dude, that's too funny. So I had to call up my father, who's who's 65, and borrow his prescription medicine. (laughs) <laughs> too funny dude yeah so i was laid up with gout well my uh my wife caught covid last week and so covid dude got the covid man so she's been laid up and then my little dude started feeling sick so i i've been grabbing soup and heating up socks you know to put on her head man just to kind of help with the headache and bringing medicine and cleaning house and 
yeah, that was uh that was my weekend. But she started feeling better a little bit yesterday. I was able to come out and watch some watch some TV. And uh she had a moment yesterday. She said, Hey, I'm I'm about, I'm about to text Tony and ask him which one hurts more, his gout or these bears. <laughs> dude it's just you know one's one's a wound to uh your toe and the other one is just you know a wound right to the heart but um i stopped her i was like i don't know honey he's probably (laughs) no that would have been pretty that would have been pretty good we're definitely past the sad phase now right now yeah we just want everyone to get fired and heads to roll that's kind of where you know that's where you are the Bears well, dude, fandom is. Speaking of heads rolling, yes, that is straight up where the Apostle Paul goes with this book of Galatians that we're yes. about to start unpacking on the Lark Cast. Yep. If this is your first episode, um, we just got done with a, a string of podcasts called Yeah, But, and it's all the pushbacks uh, that we get when we. Um, share the 200 proof uh grace of god with people you get a lot of yeah buts when we talk about uh church as uh just unnamed uh fellowships uh communities groups of friends um coming around uh good news when we talk about mission the great commission as just being a good friend man where you live and where you work and and where you play and um you get a lot of yeah buts, but we are finished with that and we're diving into the book of Galatians. And I just want everyone to know, okay, if the if the pre-show, which you know, we get on here and then we talk and you know, where are we gonna go and all that? If the pre-show is any indicator, if if you're expecting this like methodical, like working through this book verse by verse, like very structured and and all that it's not dude we have so much in our heads and in our hearts like our hearts are like exploding Mm -hmm. um with with nuggets uh from our diving in and and reading other people's works on this it's just gonna you know we're it's gonna be all over the place but it's gonna be passionate for sure yeah and i mean it will be we will be articulate just to be clear (laughs) (laughs) oh dude well that's a given my guy yeah. That's a given. Yeah. We will be studied. We will be prepared. Um, but there is, yeah, man, there's so much. <laughs> I, felt like... I love that you thought you had to like, you know, correct what I was saying. You're like, hey, well, just a... so you know, just so you know, we know yeah, well, what we're doing. Well, there was a moment there where people might have been wondering, like, what are they going to talk about Galatians that week or the Bears or <laughs> Tony's diet or like, where are we going? <laughs> we're actually in the book of Galadians. Yes. Yes. These uh these Galateans are gonna <laughs> teach us something. But these daggum Galateans. <laughs> but on a serious note, uh I think you hit the nail on the head. We have so much in our hearts and in our heads in regards to this ancient text, this letter that the apostle Paul writes to a movement of believers, which would be another term for the church in a in a place in the world. Okay, so just think of a movement of believers gathered around the simplicity of food and friendship and good news spread throughout a city. And there's something going wrong here. Okay, 
Yes. And in my opinion, this book is pro- outside of the gospels. This book is the most prevalent, the most relevant text. I feel like for our day. How so? Because as I've recently, you know, just stealing this line from an author that I've been reading, who's done a pretty cool deep dive on the book of Galatians, Jason, the Shelley, um, no one drifts toward the gospel. No one, no one throughout all of time and history, everything that seems to start out with what Jesus act, who Jesus actually is our union with God and what he's mm-hmm. actually done. Yep. The God he's actually revealed. It all gets lost eventually, mm-hmm. or this is more sad. It becomes very, very tainted. Mm-hmm. And we now live in a time and you can see this throughout history, just to be clear. I don't mean like this is just a thing today because we're seeing it right here in Galatians, right? Like mm-hmm. this is 2000 years old, but um, yeah, man, when, when you do like a survey right now of what is prominent, what is popular. Okay. Like in, in regards to how people see and think of God and faith, this life with Jesus, with what people, some people call Christianity. It's, um, it's, it's sadly so often contrary to who Jesus actually is and what he's actually done. Yep. And it's everywhere. And, and you find yourself interacting with people in churches and all the questions and thoughts and ideas, especially that come to, you know, to Lark as a ministry. And I find myself now as I'm traveling and hanging out with people, I eventually find myself looking at someone, some ones and saying, just out of curiosity, what good is your faith? What value is your faith if it's in the wrong God? Correct. And they're like, what, what do you mean? And right. they give all these thoughts and ideas as to what they think and what they're doing. And I'm like, yeah, you, you sound like the Galatians. Mm-hmm. Like you sound like the people that received the worst rebuke probably of anyone in the entire new Testament. Mm-hmm. And they're like, what are you talking about? And then they start to get into all their faithfulness. Yep. And I'm like, yeah, everything you're laying out here on the table is actually faithlessness. Yep. And dude, like jaws hit the floor where hearts are open <laughs> and then jaws clench tightly mm-hmm. where they're not. Yep. And that's where yeah, we're going, man. Yeah. We Go refer ahead. to it as the old man dying hard. Um, and the old man does need to die. It needs to be, it needs to find itself crucified in Christ. Um, to where there's nothing else left but to marvel at the one who swallowed up, you know, sin and death in his mm-hmm. son, dropped it down the black hole of his sin, <laughs> of his son, uh, of his son's death and resurrection, as you've often said. Um, but what we have going on in Galatians is a real fine case of donkey doctrine. And we're going to, we're going to unpack that phrase um, <laughs> here in a second. Um we got some donkey doctrine going on, but let me just kind of, can I just that's a, like, maybe that's a just, bumper sticker in yes. the future, but keep going. Can I uh, just do like a little, like just kind of big picture plot kind of thing going on here. Just so this, this letter can kind of sit in your, in your brain. So what's going on in Galatians is, as you know, Paul was a traveling man. He's a traveling man. 
and um, he carried with him the good news of Jesus. And um, he, uh, dude, he didn't even plan to come to this region. He wasn't even going to stop, but he got ill. He got sick. We don't know, you know, what it was. There's some speculation on that. And, and we'll, as we get into the text, it, it starts to come up because he tells the story. But anyways, these Galatians, the people in this region, like took him in and nursed him back to health. And he stayed and and he discipled people in good news and started proclaiming um, God's grace. And a church was formed. A community of people around that message was formed. And as Paul would do, um, he didn't like stick around for like multiple years and become the senior pastor or whatever. He just trusted these communities to the Holy spirit that God would take care of them with the gospel in hand, the gospel in the heart that they would, that they would, you know, that God would be faithful, you know, in that mm-hmm. community and he would move on. And so what happened in Galatians was, um, after he left and they were running free, dude, they were sprinting in the good news, the freedom that they had in Jesus. Well, some, uh, some dudes, biblically they're, they're, they're Judaizers, they're guys, um, you know, they're, um, they're old church curmudgeons, uh, from James's church in Jerusalem and they don't like grace and they don't like freedom. And they've figured out a way to merge, um, their Jewish, heritage their jewish theology and make room for jesus inside of that instead of find themselves crucified in christ and so they were on a mission um to go let everybody know that just jesus isn't enough you still have to blend all the old laws of moses the ethical laws mm-hmm. the the food laws the ceremonial laws you can have jesus cool that's great as an addition to this. And so these dudes come down and they start calling Paul a false apostle. They start positioning themselves as the only true mouthpieces of God. And they start introducing this donkey theology, uh, this performance based law based, um, doctrine, um, into this community that is free and that has been sprinting and running in the freedom of Jesus and they start buying into it. And Paul gets wind of that. Paul yeah. gets wind that they're starting to grab onto, um, you know, the, the straps, the strangleholds. Oh, by the way, if you want to know my, uh, my son and his kids, if they in football, when they play, if they start talking about like defending a dude and locking them down, they're like, that's straps, bro. That's straps. They're like, yeah, did you see me? Like, because they'll all come over to the house afterwards. Like, hey, did you see me on that? And we'll talk about the game. They're like, hey, did you see me on that corner? You know, or that wide receiver or whatever goes, yo, that's straps. And I'm like, that's straps. (laughs) He goes, yeah, I strapped them down, dude. I locked them down. And so these dudes, these Judaizers are coming. They're trying to, they're trying to run straps on, on the Galatians who are free. And Paul is not happy. No. Nope. Not even close, but keep going. No, I mean, I was just going to transition to you from there. Cause if you want, if you want to read a letter with a pissed off apostle, Galatians is your book. It is, it is. And, you know, I think, you know, you and I were talking about this earlier. It's, uh, 
you know, just in regards to, you know, we don't, we, we don't drift toward the gospel, right? And so it makes sense when you look at human history, you look at human nature, you know, just to be clear here, like what the, you know, the Judaizers, Judaizers, there's different ways to say it, but like looking at this crowd, what they're doing is natural in regards to the human condition, but it is opposite and contrary to all that God has done and declared in his son. Okay. And so on one hand, it's like, okay, I get this knee jerk reaction. I get this, like, hold on a minute. You know what I mean? This desire for control. We need to bring some things into this. We can't be going around and telling everyone that God loves them, period. That Jesus saved them, period. And that to be a Christian is to do nothing. Nothing. No, get it right. No, get your life together. No, checking these boxes. Right. And you start to throw in all the behaviors, okay, the morality and action that has basically become what Christianity is about. That all gets thrown into the bucket here. And it's again, 2,000 years old, but it's still, right, you know, it's still prevalent today. I get this like, hold on a minute, man, that's, that's dangerous. Or this fear of like, man, we're going to be going against who God is. So that's heresy. But that is reality, man. That is reality. The gospel is the good news of a God who single-handedly reconciled all things on earth mm -hmm. and in heaven, period. Yep. Colossians chapter one. Um, and so Paul has brought this message, right, to, to some people in Galatia, and it has spread throughout this city. And in the, in, in these people, as you were bringing up, they've got this knee-jerk reaction in them. It's like, no, this is, this is either heresy or this is going to get dangerous we've got to bring some guardrails to this. And on one hand, it sounds moralistic. It sounds like, it sounds like the ethical thing to do, mm -hmm. but it, it actually completely undoes the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I think equally tempt, or I would certainly say equally tempting. Yeah. I said equally tempting to the Galatians. If they're a Gentile region. And so they've been told their whole life that, you know, the Jews, have the correct religion right. and um you know we had the prophets and the laws and all that stuff and and to a point they would be correct in saying that um and so they've always found themselves outside of that so i think equally tempting would be you know these dudes coming from this background hey if you want to be included in this then dude you need to get on this train that we were on that made sure we were included you know, yep. our heritage, our family line, our practices, our ceremonies, our do's and our don'ts and all that. Yep. Yeah. The oughts and the shoulds, you know what I mean? Like the, you mm -hmm. just can't help but bring those. And I think that's what Paul has been teaching is Christianity is not a religion. Yes. Okay. It is not a religion. It is the end of religion. The end. Jesus announces it is finished. This is not a story about anything that you or I do to get to or to stay in fellowship with God. The gospel is a story of what God single-handedly did to make himself one with humanity. It's a story of him coming down to us. He comes down the ladder, then kicks down the ladder. Mm -hmm. And forever I will dwell in and through you. You are the temple, right? As the scriptures say. Dude, that's mind blowing. Mm -hmm. 
And our nature is like, okay, so what do I need to do to make that a reality? And what do I need to do to keep that a reality? That's religion. Um, I love the way, the way that you've um, often shared it is just creed, cult, and conduct. Yeah. Well, we got, okay. yeah, we got that from Capon. Um, he says you can boil religion down to three words, creed, cult, conduct. So creed is out creeds theology, right? Okay. What's the, what's the correct theology to be included in who God is and what he's doing? Um, cult would be, how do we, how do we come around this? How do we organize ourselves around the celebration of this? That would be the church conversation. So it's, well, right. man, no, you got to go multi-site. No, you got to be small and missional. No, you got to be, you know what I'm saying? You got to be small and rooted in your community parish model, you know? Um, and, and you have all kinds of, you know, schisms about, you know, all the different ways that you are supposed to do this and conduct is the oughts and the shoulds. Yeah. So that's, that's the framework that they're all operating out of. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so we see that in times past, religion was something that was used to point you to a coming Messiah. Your need is a savior. You need resurrection, not reform. Okay, when you actually look in the mirror at, at the human, the nature of humanity, um, getting better improvement is not an option. We mm -hmm. need resurrection. We need to literally live and dwell in in God Himself, in God in us, if we're going to really live into this fellowship. Okay, yep. so that's the good news of what Jesus has done to bring that about. But they're dragging, as you said, religion into it, and then of course comes you know the ethics that follow that. And I think that's why this is, on one hand, it's natural, the 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 drifting, but at the same time, it's wrong and it's dangerous mm -hmm. because we go, well, okay, well, I get all that. Like, you know, the, the good news of Jesus, man, it's, it's, it's not, it's not a, it's not a new religion, man. It's the end of religion. It's all about relationship with God. But then immediately the Judaizers, like people today, drag into that ethics. Well, Christianity is not about ethics either. Nope. It's, it's just there's, not. There's evidence, strong evidence right here in this letter. And it, it, oh, there's dude. strong evidence in the introduction of this letter. I should say this in the introduction of this letter compared to the introduction of another letter. And it's donkey yeah. doctrine because they're trying to merge this creed cult conduct with something yes. that Jesus has done. They're trying to breed yeah. it. And that's kind of where I'm going with it is like when you logic is the study of human. Okay. Really fast. Logic is the study of human thought. Okay. This is the study and practice of human thought. Ethics is the study and practice of human behavior. And so I think where these guys are kind of finding a little bit of a loophole here, you know what I'm saying? Where they, where they kind of get in and start to bring the trickery is it's like, Oh no, 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 no. We're not talking about Jesus's religion guys. We get that. It's finished is what he said on the cross, but, and there's the, but there's these behaviors that are needed for us. If we're going to follow Jesus, to follow Jesus is to be fill in the blank, to follow Jesus is to do fill in the blank. Mm -hmm. If this isn't something you're walking and practicing, well, then the fruit of the spirit is not really there. Are you even a Christian? Right. Do you even have saving faith? You know what I mean? And so that's kind of where you're getting at is it comes from a line from Cape. And when he just talks about this merging, he talks about hybrids. That's what, that's what these people are doing. Yeah. As you brought up, they're bringing a hybrid here. And I love his line. He says, it's really important to keep a spirited horse. Okay. 
to keep a spirited horse called the gospel and a useful ethical donkey. In other words, the study of human behavior and the practice of it is a good thing. Okay, to walk in things like not stealing, uh, not cheating, right, not robbing from other people, not hurting other people. Like mm-hmm. these are good things. These ethics things. are of a value to people in your home and beyond. Mm-hmm. Okay, not we're not undoing any of that here. So, but but I love this. What he's showing, according to the scriptures, though, is it's still not. That's not the gospel, though. That's not Christianity. Right. Keep a spirited horse called the gospel and keep an ethical donkey. It's useful, but don't separate breed. And I love this line for me. Don't try to breed a mule. Only a jackass does that. (laughs) It's like, that's what they're doing. They're trying to breed a mule because it gives them some sense of like control, you know, within the narrative. And really quick, I'm just saying throughout this entire series we're not calling these dudes judaizers anymore we're calling them jackasses okay i like it i like it and i've been there i've been a jackass oh dude raise your hand dude if you've been a jackass (laughs) yes yes right here i have had people say what must i do to follow jesus and i've said man it's just to trust him man just to believe and in, in you have been forgiven in Christ. You have been made one with God in Christ. And then, and then I, right, I come in with other things. Well, that's what's going on here. And now you don't have the gospel. You don't have the life of faith. You don't have the story of the God that Jesus actually revealed. And just to give you like a, a, just for for all the naysayers out there, which myself, right? I've been there in this. Look at the intro to the letter. Yep. Look at the intro. Paul. I'll just, I'm just going to, let me just read it because it's a few short verses. Okay. He says this, Paul, an apostle, not from man, not from men, nor through man, but through Jesus Christ and God, the father who raised him from the dead. And all the brothers who are with me to the churches of Galatia. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to deliver us from the present evil age according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Verse six. Next thing, right out of his mouth. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. To a different gospel. Right out of the gate. Yeah. In other words, what you guys are doing, this hybrid model, this Christianity as religion, or in this case, Christianity as the practice of ethics, morality, and action, okay? A Christianity that needs and desires your effort, you don't have the gospel which means you don't have the god jesus revealed you you've undone you've undone this you've perverted it yep this isn't the good news anymore this is a major major issue and as you were kind of hinting at earlier you know in the podcast notice paul just jumped straight to hello galatia here's my issue Right this away. Is very, very different than the Corinthian letter that Paul writes. He's got beef. 
<laughs> you look, you yeah, look he's at, got beef, dude. You look at the start of the Corinthian letter, and it's this letter where he addresses and he even refers to them as brothers and sisters, saints. Saints. He refers to them as saints. If you're unfamiliar with this and you're listening to this, the Corinthian letter is where Paul is addressing a movement of the church in Corinth. And he's bringing up like some pretty significant things that are really bringing disharmony to the people's lives. Like, oh, uh, hey, you guys within this church community over here, you're high-fiving each other over sleeping with your stepmom or yeah. with your mother-in-law. Yeah. Dude, <laughs> you they're guys showing are getting up, drunk at communion. Showing up drunk to communion, getting drunk at communion, not leaving any food for anybody else that would come later on because communion back then wasn't a bread you know, a breadcrumb and a, a thimble of juice. It was an all day affair of meal and community and celebration. Um, and they're getting drunk. And then they have the cult yeah. of personality going on. The first thing he addresses with them is they're all over here. Like, well, I follow this pastor and, Oh, I follow this pastor and Oh, I'm in this camp yeah. and I'm in this camp. And he was just like, dude, you guys are idiots. Like today yeah. it would be like, I have Comer, I have Driscoll, I have Wilson, <laughs> I have Piper. <laughs> And then Paul's like, dude, did John Piper die for your sins? Yeah. Like, what it like, what are you guys talking about? And then they got this whole thing going on where they're like puffing themselves up because of their spiritual gifts and they're all getting prideful about secret knowledge and all these like different gifts that they have. Dude, they were a freaking mess. They a were mess. a mess. It's like every chapter he addresses some other effed up thing that they're doing, you know, in um in in the city but yet he still takes time with a nice warm intro calls them yep. saints calls yep. them saints dude in catholicism you have to live pretty much a perfect life and have to perform like a known miracle to be labeled <laughs> a saint you have to be like right. you have to be like the most stellar you know beacon of just like yeah. holiness to be called a saint yeah. And Paul's calling these freaking knuckle noses saints over here. Saints. But in Galatia, That's not he there. has no time for warm introductions. None. 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 And for me, dude, that is the like, that is a whoa, stop. Stop. Okay. Stop right there. If if Christianity, okay, were were about morality, then the Corinthians would be the last Christians. The last Christians, yes, whom Paul would have called saints, yes. You have to grab onto that. Second, if Christianity were about ethics, think of morality in action. Okay, if Christianity were about ethics, Paul would not launch his most heated verbal assault on the Galatians, whose only offense, the only offense that he points to is they have brought effort into the equation. Yep. You guys have added effort. Not earning, okay? Just to be clear, because there's people who are like, no, man, Dallas Willard, you know, he's pretty adamant. You know, he was real adamant about, you know, grace, the gospel, you know, that, that we don't earn our way. It, you know, it's a free gift of salvation that we receive by faith, but God is not opposed to effort. We need to then go on to do things, practice disciplines, develop rhythms of becoming union. Yes. 
cultivate union. Great word. We need to go on and become this ideal person that God has in mind to really basically show that this faith is genuine and to make for a better world. Mm -hmm. So they bring effort into it. That's the only offense to the Galatians. And yet they're not called saints. These well-behaved, crossing every T, dotting every I, right? Believers are not referred to as saints. Back up even back up even like further the before this, Jesus' harshest words were reserved for the Pharisees. Dude. Paul said in his letter to the Philippians, he goes, I was perfect according to the law. Dude, these guys were tithing out of their spice racks, dude. Yeah. They did like everything. Outward behavior was like everything up to the right. To the letter of the law. Yep. And Jesus reserved his heart. He had his most heated arguments. We're not with prostitutes. Yep. Weren't with national traders and tax collectors, extortionists. No. They, and were, I think they were seeing for that, the squeaky clean. I think seeing that, seeing that rebuke, seeing what Jesus goes on and reveals in the parables, what he does on the cross and his resurrection, what he teaches before his ascension and then the movement of the church, right? Like seeing all that, I get now why the scriptures refer to, hey, this gospel news, yeah, it's foolishness to the world. It it's is. foolishness. Yep. And it's a stumbling block. Here's the kicker. It's a stumbling block, it says. To the religious yep we can't they, we can't get over ourselves they can't get over the fact that there's something that they need to bring to the table because yep. their their whole lives has been centered around the false notion that i need to bring something to the table i need to be acceptable before i'm accepted yes and now you know just kind of you know tying this little intro first episode you know what i mean together just something like that's just stern for me that you had brought up go back to like verse four and five that you read in the very beginning of this chapter it says the lord this is what paul says in referring to the gospel the lord jesus christ gave himself for our sins to set us free from the present evil age what's missing there when you look at that verse what's missing you well, and the I. word hour is only <laughs> attached to one thing. Right. Is what? Sins. Sins. Exactly, dude. So what's so what? missing? You and I are denied a role in this. We are not active agents in our union no. with God or in how that union is lived out at all, ever, at, at all. any point. None. None. There's no the only thing of attached to our anything. The only thing attached to the word hour, which is an all inclusive word. Our, yep. Um, the only thing that's attached to that is our sin. So the only thing that we, you, me, and everyone listening to this and everyone in the history of the world, the only thing that we're contributing to our union with God, our salvation, our life forever with him here and in the future is our sin. Yep. Everything else, God's the active agent. He's acting upon us. We are recipients. We're objects of his love and mercy. We receive everything comes and flows down from him. Yeah, dude. In Michelle's book on this, I'll just read this here. He says, for those of us 
who like to think we're worthy or maybe think we can, I love this, or think we can become worthy with a little bit of help from God, the gospel is insulting. For those of us who know others who are who, who are worse than unworthy, the gospel is offensive. Mm-hmm. In a meritocracy like ours, the gospel is countercultural. In a just society like ours, or at least the one that it tries to be, the gospel risks sounding reckless and cheap. Mm-hmm. In a transactional world like ours, the gospel is counterintuitive. Mm-hmm. In Jesus Christ, you have a quid without any demand for a quo. You have a God who single-handedly saves sinners, period. Yep. And the thing about virtue and the thing about ethics, um, and again, it's good to have a useful donkey, right? Yes, yes. There's a place for that conversation, but it exists inside the mystery that is Christ. Um, It's Jesus who he says here um, delivers us from our sins, right? Yeah. What's the phrase? He gave himself for our sins to deliver us from this present evil age. Virtue doesn't remove sin. Ethics no. don't remove sin. They just reveal it. <laughs> yeah, that so that, but then when you go back to the Pharisees, all it really does, and, and Luther pointed this out in his preface to if you know Luther, Galatians is so you know precious to him and and really sparked a movement. And what's crazy is to see Luther's writings and how that helped like Wesley and the great awakening. That was a a, a little nugget that we both enjoyed uh, too. like big, massive movements, right. Of the gospel in the world were sparked by this 200 proof grace. Um, Virtue doesn't remove our sin. It just gives us a veneer of righteousness. That's Mm -hmm. all it does. It just gives us an outward veneer of righteousness. To the point where Jesus looked at these Pharisees who are squeaky clean. He goes, you're like whitewashed tombs. You're like a tomb inside. You're full of death and you stank, you stank, but outside Those you got a Jesus's fresh coat words, of paint. bro. Jesus's words. You yeah, got a fresh coat look, of paint. You look great. You're an upstanding citizen and all the checklists that are needed to prove your worth in the world. And apparently you're worth to God. You're worth to your neighbor. It's all, they're all marked off, but you're dead. Can't remove your sins. And what's crazy is like, you can even start to get into the scriptures and see that even the very desire to look that way and to do those things that are considered to be noble is actually rooted in sin. It's Mm -hmm. rooted in the spirit of self-reliance. Yeah. And I think that's why, again, this, this gospel when, when you let it be what it is, it's the most precious thing in all the world because it is the only, the only freedom you will ever find. Yeah. There is no place in the world by which your sins are recognized and redeemed other than the cross of Jesus. Mine as well. Mm-hmm. Period. Yep. End of discussion. And that is welcoming to those of us who have come to the end of our imaginary, you know, virtual rope or ethical rope or <laughs> physical rope or mental rope. But it's foolishness abroad, and it's a stumbling block. We can't forget that to the religious. And so we just have to keep in mind, why get into this letter? Because as humans, nothing and no one drifts toward the gospel. We only drift away. And what we're finding right now is 
yes, it's true. You can go anywhere in the West and throw a rock at a church gathering. Churches in that, in the regards to the institutional church, churches are everywhere. But the actual good news of Jesus is extremely rare. Yep. Because like, like, like the jackass, the Judaizers, the Judaizers. Just the jackasses. Yeah, I'm trying to try to hit all the different ways you hear it said. Um, we we want a hybrid model. The Monday morning Bible study crew at James's church are yeah. the jackasses. And there is no hybrid model. If your model is hybrid, then it's not the gospel. Mm-hmm. It's not the God that Jesus revealed. Which means what is your faith exactly in? Of what value is it? Mm-hmm. I think that is the warning that Paul's getting at here. I think that's why he's so stern. That's why the most upstanding ethical group that we can point to in the New Testament gets no warm welcome at all. Mm-hmm. Just hello, yeah. Galatians. Here's a quick nugget, and then bam, all hit between the eyes. Why? What does he say? I'm just gonna say this before we hang up, bro. It is man, it is so life-giving. Like, I can't think, it's been a good while, man, since I found myself, like, giddy. Like, I, I feel like I'm giddy, like a, like a kid, dude. I could talk right now for the next 10 hours straight with you, dude, and just record yeah. all this at once. Like, I can't <laughs> shut up about it. I'm, I'm that excited no, about this series. So, yeah. dude. here we go, man. Here we go. Russell. Till next time. Till next Cheers. time. Cheers.